0: Welcome to the Wildly Tarot podcast. Hi Esther. Hi Holly. We're here. We're back. We're one appendix shorter than we used to be. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know you know the thing like when I listened back to the
1: last episode while editing, it was a good weekend I had planned for myself. I know. I know. <laughs> I was gonna like do my decks. I was gonna clean the the place and then suddenly <laughs> On Saturday, during brunch, my appendix had different opinions. Yeah.
0: Your appendix (laughs) was like, uh, you're crazy for thinking you're getting anything done this weekend. Yeah. My appendix was like, (laughs) here's an eviction notice. Like, we're going to do this right now. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Oh, my God. So that's why we skipped over a week's episode. And then last week, after missing a week, it seems like we were just not going to address the fact that... Nope. <laughs> we <miss> <laughs> we just... Think, we, no, we just, like... I just, like... I thought about
1: recording You an were intro. in the
0: hospital, Esther. I was
1: in the hospital. I was in the hospital. But I was like, oh, Esther, you can record an intro and, like, slap it on the beginning of that. And I was like, Esther, no, you're don't. not. Don't. Exactly. Like, and then don't. it did
0: make me think, maybe I should learn how to edit this podcast we've been doing for three years. For just three in case. <laughs> like, it's not like this is something like a new hobby we've been doing oh right right for fucking years and i was like (laughs) i could probably figure it out right
1: probably figure it out yeah 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 but i was just like no it's fine i need something to do because i was literally going stir crazy like because all i could do was lay in bed at the hospital for four days yeah i would walk around with my little iv cart like (laughs) like
0: Mario Kart Full around the little track. Exposed, I'm yes. sure. That maybe Korea has better
1: uh, Yeah, we have different hospital pajamas. gowns. We actually <laughs> have, like actual pants and stuff. <laughs> They're like, we're it's not so exposing fancy. anyone's butts. Absolutely, absolutely not. So yeah, yeah. So it was an experience. And then just coming home, I was like, okay, Esther, just edit the episode. And so I took two days. And I allowed my body to feel what it was going to feel. And exactly. it was like, okay, we're done now. Which 45 honestly, minutes. I'm
0: proud of you because you're not always, I mean, this is not a Read because I think both oh, of us I have this problem, but neither, you're especially not very good at just actually resting when you need to rest. <laughs> oh no, no, there's too
1: much for me to do. Like there's always a conti- like a continual to do list. If it's not to do for work, it's to do for the podcast or to do for
0: home or to do. See, and you our know. difference is that when I have a long to do list, I just completely freeze and decide <laughs> I'd rather be laying in bed. <laughs> And see, I just bullhead through it like, okay, we're gonna get this done. And No resting. That's a way better quality to have. I'm like, I I need somebody to tell me specifically what I should start with because otherwise, I'll just be over here. Oh yeah, just is that like there's like a term for it? I heard the other day is like decision freezing. What was it? Yeah, and like Like, a paralysis almost. Yeah, paralysis. paralysis Yeah, yeah. Did you like in the
1: cereal aisle and you're like, what do I buy? I don't know what to buy. I'm overwhelmed. Well, but see, with,
0: with some stuff, I'm very very like quick decider, like whenever we've redone anything in the house or whenever we're thinking about making a purchase, I'm always super confident in being like, yep, let's do it. Let's pull, you know, let's go for it. Let's make this happen. It's just with really long to do lists. Like if I think about it right now, I have like unloading the dishwasher, reloading the dishwasher, laundry to fold. I have to like organize stuff. It's just like, Uh I still, and then my longer to do lists involving all of the deck stuff that we were promising we would do last weekend. Yeah. I know. We need to make a list, Esther. <laughs> I did make. I
1: did eventually make a list last Friday. Oh, it- but it's all written down on like paper. I need to uh. actually like transform it into Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> but, uh, that other things have been more important. So yeah, like letting your body get itself back. Together. I know. I know.
0: And how- think about all of the fun little like microscopic things that are going on with all of your nerves (sighs) and muscles and everything scars yeah it's so cool but also creepy and it's it's really me bringing it up is pretty creepy
1: i almost asked the doctor if i could keep the staples and i was like esther that's a bit too much for korea like i don't think they're ready for that quite yet
0: yeah (laughs) i mean maybe they would have been I don't next know. time so, you next time next time you have a I organ get my decide out. it needs to
1: leave <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> leave after the staples next <laughs> time an
0: organ tries to kill you it was so funny though
1: because everyone was like you got staples like apparently that was a pretty big deal that I got staples really That's, what do they normally yeah. do to apparently stitches like normal stitches but I was like yeah I got staples I don't know
0: what's. I don't different. know what's more modern. When I've had a laparoscopic surgery, it was just like glue. Was maybe it was stitches. Yeah. I don't remember having to get anything taken out. Okay. Yeah. Because and I would remember because getting my fingers taken out, my stitches <laughs> taken out of my finger were like, it was such a weird feeling. I hated it. <laughs> And that wound is. Still we have both tender, so. had like medical issues with this Mercury know. retrograde. <laughs> and, and the funny thing is that last time we both got injured during a Mercury retrograde, it was something that was like, like for me, it was that ankle injury that was like really right. bad, but not worthy of like medical attention. Right, right, right. And but this time, both of us needed actual medical intervention. So it's I getting know. worse or something. <laughs> I
1: don't know. I don't know. We just. I don't know. Is it Gemini? Is an air sign, so everything's all swordsy. I don't know. It's
0: weird. Yeah. It's weird. Well, I guess what the whole entire point of all of this is to say everybody, slow down, <laughs> rest, and listen <laughs> like to your actually bodies. rest, listen to your body, actually drink rest. The water. Your to do list will be there later. That's what I always tell myself when I'm deciding to just lay in bed instead of accomplishing any of my tasks. But especially if you're going anywhere or doing anything, just be careful.
1: If you're just existing on this plane. Yeah, exactly.
0: If you're still tragically saddled with your corporeal form. We haven't got That's the chance. That's like to the worst part of all this. Transcend <laughs> like, just, into I the swirling balls of light. We all know we are inside.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it when you talk about like us being two different species because I don't feel that at all. Like you I feel don't very feel like you're a swirling
0: here. ball of light. No, absolutely not. Oh, I am very homey okay. here. <laughs> so I love it when and you talk I'm about. And I'm with it. the one with all of the Earth signs, and yet I, I still know, feel like- and
1: yet you still feel.
0: I mean, maybe that's why I have to make my surroundings so beautiful and lush to give me a little bit more like a reason for my staying here. (laughs) (laughs) Like a swirling ball of light to stay. Not just going like astral projecting all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Maybe. I don't know. It's something to think about. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking to Brendan from Pacific Northwest Tarot, um, and that'll be at the end of the episode. But we're going to start with our regular questions because we have so many good ones that need to be gotten to. Yeah, before but because we're doing an interview break. instead of a review, I get to use Pacific Northwest Tarot for
1: ooh. my reading. Ooh, ooh, that's fancy. Ew.
0: I think this is like maybe only the second time that we've interviewed a creator during their Kickstarter. Also. Yes, because I think it was Lo-
1: Logan. Yeah, it's the only other one I think that we interviewed during their Kickstarter, right? Jamie, we
0: interviewed before, before, and then released it for the Kickstarter. But yeah, it's yeah, it's always a swirling, exciting, chaotic moment when somebody's Kickstarter is actually happening. I know. Yeah, so we're excited to talk to him, and this deck is gorgeous. It is gorgeous. But it's my turn to pick the card of the day, and for me. We're going to go with the Seven of Cups. Interesting. We'll see. Oh. I guess that kind of makes sense because I just decided that I probably Uh, wasn't going to be able to be there for the interview. So it remains TBD. We'll have more information, you know, as the day, as the episode. (laughs) episode That sounds very like Rapture
1: as the day approaches when Jesus (laughs) returns. Exactly. Exactly.
0: So Seven of Cups kind of makes sense. It's not super clear what the strategy is going to be, but we're excited no matter what. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Okay.
1: Our first question from the episode is from Sarah, and she said, I wanted to update you on the job reading you two gave me a few months ago. To refresh your memory, I was getting laid off with six months of severance and wasn't sure how I should be spending that time other than knowing I wanted to take some time off and heal after a roller coaster of the last few years I've had. I finally am starting to interview after four months of straight-up hibernation. Yay! Yay! Good job, choice! Resting! (laughs) (laughs) The break was a good thing because I mostly just broke down and rested. Good! I'm working with a health coach and creating better habits around food as well as learning how to think differently about myself and my situation. So I'm totally not clear yet on the job front, but getting there. I've also not looked for jobs either. They are finding me that's good yeah what a position to be in yeah if you get a chance I understand if you don't but if you can pull a card for me about job prospects I'd love that I have one right now that I'm moving on in the process I'm moving on in the process with less money maybe more work but it could help shape UX research there UX I also have an user
0: experience okay thank FYI. you I was <laughs> I, I knew it was like some sort of like I was like user interface like yeah stuff maybe be- yeah that's so. exactly what it is Okay, okay. It's just a very, very specific acronym that I think is so nerdy and wonderful. (laughs) Yes, please. Yes, I appreciate you going into that. I
1: also have another company that keeps contacting me that has a position that would pay a lot more but might not keep my interest. No job offers yet. Just something else certainly could be out there. Again, I haven't looked yet. I keep getting pinged by recruiters. What's my outlook here? So I feel like like we have three ways. Yes, we do like job, job, and then possible like continue search,
0: search. searching. Yeah, Yeah. I think that that sounds great. Oh, yikes! Okay, cool. Hopefully, the mic didn't pick up that falling off my desk.
1: Well, if it did, I sorry.
0: (laughs) I can't mute it because you were talking. So I know exactly (laughs) the thing. The funny thing is that I think that before we started a podcast, I always envisioned the podcast that I liked listening to as being like very sterile, sound safe environments. And uh-huh. now knowing podcasters and being a podcaster I'm like oh all of us are just like sitting at messy desks.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. I was watching <laughs> I was watching a YouTube video the other day um, from a lawyer who was reacting to something and she has a new English bulldog puppy and the puppy was snoring and you could hear it. I was she's like
0: I'm so sorry oh,
1: if my no. puppy snores. I'm like no, give it to me more. Just Never let the dog apologize. snore for an hour. <laughs>
0: exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially a Happy I know dog. you're so you could just hear like the <laughs> I was like oh my god my heart I'm sure not everyone loves that but I'm obsessed <laughs> yeah I know I'm sure
1: there are people who have like Sensitivities that are that just like cringed at my dog snoring. Noise. Yeah, exactly. So apologize.
0: <laughs> thankfully people usually don't leave reviews about how our voices are so obnoxious because we're not that big of a podcast. If you yeah, think that, true. please don't tell us. Don't, I don't tell want us. To hear it. <laughs> we already judge
1: ourselves enough. We don't need you judging us too <laughs> Yeah, exactly. All right, but back to Sarah. Sorry. Yeah, Side track. Sarah.
0: So job one, job two, and then continuing the search. And should we just do yeah. like a what to expect? Or, like, yeah. sort of the vibe. Like, the energy. Yeah, the vibe. Outcomes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll just see what pops up. So,
1: job number one for the UX. Yeah. the Less money, maybe more work, but more. Oh. Oh, that doesn't sound delightful.
0: No, it's great. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I think it's kind so- of, so I got the Queen of Pentacles and then sort of the Four of Pentacles for, uh like potential outcomes which I think kind of confirms that this would you'd be in a position of power like you know what you're doing here but it would be yeah kind of a lot of like a lot of maybe tension or something but yeah you'd be capable because you have that queen energy so then it's just if you want to deal with having that sort of like concerned anxious four of pentacles alongside of that like confidence
1: yeah and i got the three of pentacles I like oh yeah hard. so yeah i think it's just lots of even though you may not feel it would be lots of money it may be a potential for more than just money if it makes any sense yeah like, like more like a lot more grounding more control yeah you know more teamwork. like yeah, it's more teamwork stuff that you'd be involved with, probably like a team leader, it seems like. Yeah, with that So more mean, responsibility, sure. and maybe that's where, like, the nervousness comes from is the responsibility on you.
0: Yeah, and the reason that I'm feeling nervousness for the Four of Pentacles is just, like, when you're going into a new job as the Queen of Pentacles, envisioning the Queen of Pentacles, clinging all of those Four of Pentacles against them the way that the Four of Pentacles is sort of depicted in Rider-Waite-Smith is, like, Yeah. Is that a a confident vibe or is that an anxious vibe? And to me, that seems like an anxious vibe, because ideally a queen of pentacles would not be feeling like they need to hold things to themselves in that same way. But paired with the three, it kind of feels like there's an element of, yeah, like what Esther was saying, like a team leader role, which then comes with it some additional stressors or some additional anxiety Mm -hmm. that like, things might go wrong so it's not bad it's just kind of a little yeah. bit more anxious it's it seems like you it
1: would you would go in with one expectation and find out things are a little bit different than what you expected
0: yeah yeah sort of it like would be ang- a team anxiety that you could lead which is yeah good. which is good which is or at least for us we like it but yeah. also we're <laughs> nobody's surprised we're, by that
1: yeah exactly <laughs> I mean we, we like the pentacles so if you don't like pentacles
0: sorry yeah all right, so job two, job more two. more pay, but might not be as interesting. Okay, job number two. Oh God, no! Don't do that one. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not even draw cards then. So. No, I got the nine of wands and the tower, so I just feel oh. like that would be a really stressful situation. It would you'd be able to kind of like show some resiliency, but it would really tear down everything you know about yourself, which. Seems stressful. Maybe you could pull for, like, a possible outcome in that job because these are, like, such a gut negative reaction. But maybe there could be something good that comes from it. Uh, Okay. Let's see. Outcome
1: for Sarah. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. And, oh, the nine of swords. So we're putting all these back in. Yeah. I think
0: that probably that second job is not the one you should pursue. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're just gonna put that one to the side yeah exactly so then continuing to search and then if this seems more positive we can come up with search strategies yeah totally continuing to search should well not should but what
1: does it look like if Sarah continues to search
0: oh I got oh. the king of swords and the ten of cups I got the star and the 10 of wands. Okay. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense because it's kind of like neither of these options seem super, super perfect. So with the continuing to search, you have the ability to be a little bit more discerning and like critical Mm -hmm. thinking about what you actually want to do, which is in some ways more exhausting with that 10 of wands. But in other ways, more hopeful with the star and also more fulfilling with the Ten of Cups. Yes. Like you maybe need to think more critically about what you actually want to be doing. And Mm -hmm. that brings you to continuing your job search sort of proactively rather than reactively.
1: Yeah, I see it as like the search itself for what you're wanting may be strenuous,
0: yeah.
2: but
1: there's something like critical, like doing that critical thinking, knowing what you want, being clear and concise with yeah. what you want will bring you that 10
0: of cups and star Yeah, energy. I love the 10 of cups and the star paired it's with so something good. like the 10 of wands because it's like saying this will be effort, but it will be so worth it. Yeah, yeah, And especially exactly. with something like a king where it's so proactive and so knowledgeable and strong it's like if you do mm-hmm. the job search on your own there's so much more room for a really beautiful outcome than just like yeah taking something that's falling into your lap
1: yeah and in comparison it looks like the other two jobs would be settling if it yeah. makes any sense yeah. like this seems more fulfilling and more what you want out of life where you are right now if yeah it makes any sense. So. so should
0: we pull cards for how to begin that job search process yeah how to find this Job or an area start. to think about to help, like put you in the right direction.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: What direction to go
1: in to find yeah.
0: this job? Well, Pacific Northwest Hero is really doing a pretty good job for me today. That's good. It's sparking something. It's uh, good. Although I am also not stopping shuffling, which is... Oh,
1: I was like, you're shuffling like Esther's shuffling. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> All right. What did you get?
1: I got the King of Cups and the Six of Wands. So okay. like go with your strength, like lead with your strengths. Yeah. Like don't be ashamed of them and, you know, because that's where you're finding fulfillment and joy and yeah, going forward.
0: And I got the strength card. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that fits. And then also the six of swords, which I kind of think might be indicating that it could be valuable to sort of open yourself up to moving. Yeah. Not to be like super literal, because we tend to avoid that on this podcast a little yeah. bit, but I do feel like having the six, like every having strength with the two cards you pulled. And then mm-hmm. also the six of Uh, swords maybe I don't know what your living situation is now Sarah but maybe there's an element of returning to a place where you previously felt really strong and capable and Mm -hmm. so then that would be the six of of wands and the six of swords like leaving where you are now and returning to a place where you felt so strong and capable and like happy could be something that could help you with the job search process
1: yeah yeah. That's I
0: exciting. Like that. I know. Like these last cards are very nice. Thank I you. I know. What a great mm. ending. So keep us updated again, Sarah. We love hearing from Totally, follow-ups. We heard yes, a yes, follow-up yes. from Frazzled in Florida, who we answered a question of last week. I guess two yeah, last week. Yeah, yeah last <laughs> week technically, yes. <laughs> and she ended up uh having a meeting with her boss and telling her that she was leaving her job and it went so much better than she expected. Oh, I love so hearing good. updates like this, but Sarah, yeah, I think that probably continuing a proactive job search, maybe thinking about the place that you felt the most happy and fulfilled and maybe Mm -hmm. returning to that, like, geographic location could be a good place to start while looking for a new gig.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Mm, Love it. Yes, yes, yes. All right, our second question is from Judgment Dread. It's another career question um for about a month i was being stalked by the judgment card for me this card has always been a little hard to pin down is it about your career karma and consequences living without regrets the christian overtones often found in this card are rather triggering for me and frankly i just didn't want to deal with the deep dive into it so i kind of just glossed over it and uh over it whenever it came up until last week when i was laid off from my job unexpectedly Of course, now I wonder if I was being asked to prepare for this abrupt change by contemplating the message of judgment. I knew that company was not where I wanted to be for much longer, but now I'm wondering if judgment was asking me to consider my field of work as well. I am not one to use tarot for divination or think that spirit beings are communicating through the cards. I usually use them as tools for introspection and personal growth, but I was completely blindsided by this layoff, so I cannot help but wonder if maybe something outside of me was participating. Is there a message here that I really need to consider, or was it just a coincidence of timing? Um, I already have a job offer in the same field, and uh, it came just hours after I was let go. I think it seems like a no-brainer to accept, but then I think, what about judgment? I've only been working with my current field for about five years, and although it offers a steady living, I'm not in love with it. And the risk of burnout is high, as it's a stressful job. This seems like a logical moment to say, "Okay, that was an interesting experiment, but maybe I should try something else now. I career hopped a lot in my 20s and 30s, but now that I'm knocking on 40s door, it just seems so much more risky to let go of my big girl job to pursue something new. Um, And then she talks about how she's been pulling cards for herself and they just have not been that clear. And she still is worrying about the judgment looming over everything. So the questions are, accept this job offer, a great opportunity to build a small company and commit myself 100% to a demanding career. Uh, And then in parentheses, I'd be the only employee for a while, so pressure to commit to the role is high. Or take a breather and figure out what I really want to be doing in this life, which is a huge question mark. There is no I've always wanted to waiting in the wings, and I do not have much cash to burn through while I figure it out. All right. So another Job sitch. Yes. I think that, the you know, I almost want to start by talking, not talking about judgment, but doing, you know, when we, a couple of maybe, it probably was like two years ago by this point, but we did write a spread for if a card is not leaving you alone. Oh, right, right, right. That kind of addresses the themes of that card and what you specifically need to know about the themes of that card. And I almost feel like that would be a good place to start because it's clear that for um, judgment dread the mm-hmm. judgment card is still making her like kind of doubt anything that she might do to move forward Right. so maybe right. looking at judgment for a little bit and saying like here's what judgment's lesson for you was mm-hmm. would be helpful to kind of break through the other questions Yeah. so totally. I'm going to pull out judgment because that's my favorite way of addressing cards that won't stop hanging out I'm trying to avoid saying stalking because I know that that word can be sort of triggering for people. All right. So judgment is out. I don't even remember what the actual spread was. I guess I can pull it up and see if it's relevant and we can kind of adapt it if needed. Yeah. I can find the judgment card. That's how I felt too. I was like, it's gotta be in here somewhere. (laughs) It's always
1: like the last three. Um, And I will say that, Rider-Waite Smith is like the Catholic Tarot, like if yeah. like from studying the f- from the history of Tarot, both um what's his name? What's his fucking name? Arthur Waite Arthur Wait? and yeah, Arthur <laughs> Waite. I was like we just wrote this book. Arthur Waite and Pixie <laughs> were both like they really enjoyed Catholic sort of rituals and imagery, like yeah. imagery and stuff like that. So that's I always talk you know, say this is like the the you know, the light Catholic tarot or the woo-woo Catholic yeah. tarot or whatever. Because it's very much based on their imagery from their Catholic backgrounds. So I was listening um, to
0: a podcast episode. What is that podcast called? It's from Aaron Mankey's uh like Oh, right. Podcast, the Cabinet it's of the Curiosities about rulers. No, it's the it's not oh. him as the host. It's the one that's about rulers, like different kings oh. and queens and stuff. Anyway, Uh, the, I'll, I'll find the name of it, but the last episode was about, uh, the Swedish queen. She technically was a King because she, there was no like Swedish powerful female equivalent. So she just was like put in as King, but she was talking about, the host was talking about how this, uh, woman is really queer coded. Like there's a lot of indicators that she was at the very least bisexual, but probably just a lesbian And Uh this, and then she was talking about how she was so drawn to Catholicism and I, I was like, that seems kind of weird to me. Like those two things seem a little bit at odds, but the reason why was all of the chastity preaching Oh. and the love of rituals. And so I was thinking Uh kind of like, there is sort of an element of like, I love the theatricality of some Catholic rituals uh-huh. And I could see why people who really love esotericism could get into the rituals because a lot of it is stuff that's like a little bit extra, a little bit oh, fun, yeah. a little bit flamboyant. Like it's very <laughs> like let's get some gold and some smoke up in here. And I right, think right. that's, like kind of an interesting thing. So this this Swedish ruler was interesting both for like the queerness component of it, but also for the just like, I just love the pomp and circumstance of Catholicism thing. And so uh-huh. that kind of made me think that in ways that Catholic or Catholic references in tarot can make us feel sort of like hippity jibbity, being uh-huh. like you know, people, esoteric people of the time were often part of communities that were looking for ritual and creating Uh ritual of their own and then saying that it was ancient and whatever, blah, 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 all the fake lore. But if you think about it in terms of them just being desperate for some ritual and like fanciness and being a little bit extra, that can sometimes help break through the like actual Judgment Day, Return of the Dead situation of... um, of that card specifically. So yeah. anyway, just something I was thinking about. And now I want to find that podcast because I love it so much and I never can remember the name of it. It is. And I'm sure somebody, I mean, my, I know that my mom and sister both listen to it. So I'm sure they're just yelling. <laughs> they're yelling it. Yelling. Uh, noble Blood. Oh, Noble Blood. That's oh, I right. already oh, found the right. spread. Don't worry oh, about you already that. Did. Okay, okay, good. Yeah, okay, Christina cool. of Sweden. A queer Catholic convert who, so she like stepped down from her kingship to Uh convert to motherfucking Catholicism. Can you imagine? No. And I'm saying this as somebody who went to Catholic school and has a lot of fun and who was introduced (laughs) to like the art of using cards for self development by a nun. Nun. Yeah,
1: I know. Wow. It's just so interesting.
0: But yeah, Queen Christina is a cool lady and this podcast is really fun. It's hosted by Dana Schwartz and it is just really really interesting it's a great historical podcast but anyway sorry back to the judgment card okay so (laughs) the spread itself is position one where is this energy leading me position two what's standing in my way and position three how can i get started on the right path I think those
1: are all pretty good and relevant for their question. Yeah, and
0: so I guess we don't totally know that Judgment Dread is still getting the Judgment card, but I think that maybe like putting all of those questions in the past tense Uh would make it a helpful reading still.
1: Yeah, I think so. Well, especially because it was a very significant point in their life, and so even if they are or are not drawing it, I think just finding out what it means for for this time in their life. Yeah,
0: especially when they're like embarking on a job search exactly uh okay so question one then where was this energy leading her okay what did you get
1: i got the king of cups and the four of wands
0: okay and i got the eight of pentacles king of cups and four of wands i
1: think finding a job that's more fulfilling
0: yeah <laughs> like- yeah if you knew that you didn't like that job, it's saying like the judgment feeling was like you can find something that you can work hard at, but also that you feel better about.
1: Yeah, and yeah, that you that you enjoy more, that you are happier at yeah. than the current job. Yeah, totally. Uh, or, the, or that, or that, yeah, that current environment. The first that you're most at. recent job.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right. So, what is standing in, or what was standing in her way of accepting that energy? probably just the job itself right yeah probably let's see, see what comes up we'll see what the tarot says <laughs> you like that i got spooky i did i don't know why i was like are like, you I mocking us we have a tarot podcast I and I you're mocking, mocking us me? <laughs> like <laughs> i don't use cards every single day of my life and have i for know years. i'm like Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> i think it's just saying let's see what the tarot says that yes definitely
1: <laughs> what was the second position because i lost after you said the tarot uh
0: one. what was standing in her way of kind of like that's right learning the judgment lesson and i got death okay so i think that well we'll see what you get but to me that feels like the thing that was standing in her way of learning the lesson was the fear of starting all the way over and having to like regenerate And
1: I got the devil so that if you kind of let go of these shackles that you're free, but free in a negative way, if it makes any sense, like you're, you are you have no more stability left that you're kind of like free falling in a way. So yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty.
0: Yeah. Uh, Okay. So then how can she get started down the right path to really like live out sort of the judgment? I think it's going to be change related. Cause I'm really getting the feeling from the judgment that it is offering her the opportunity to not be.
1: That's what I got from the, the very field. beginning
0: yeah. was cause judgment
1: for me is always that calling to do like your life's purpose. And that sh- this previous job wasn't her life purpose that, yeah. you know, was fulfilling for her. So, right. So, so for, for me getting started on this next path is the hermit. So okay. take, that time
0: and i got the ten of wands and then the ace of wands just like exploded from me so i think that okay. it is kind of saying like like maybe this will be the next question that we ask because i know that she doesn't that judgment dread said that she didn't have the cat to just be like sitting around but i do think that right. there's an element of the ten of wands and the hermit that maybe isn't saying like don't do anything just turn fully inwards but maybe like uh-huh like try to do that alongside something else where you're really able to put in the burden and the like the strength that you need to put into to actually figuring out your internal wants and desires mm-hmm. and what new things you can be doing with that ace of wands it's like there are new, there's a new way of doing things that you can come to if you let yourself turn inward and do that difficult work and i think also yeah. like it's kind of interesting because You know, Judgment Dread says that they that she just uses tarot for like personal development and that there isn't a lot of sort of outside woo woo stuff that Mm -hmm. she allows into her practice. But the fact that you kept getting judgment and eventually were like, I think that I need to rethink this career path is your intuition telling you that. Yeah. So, yeah, like I don't know if judgment was necessarily warning you that you were about to be fired, but it was preparing you. To start thinking about things that you would enjoy doing more so you didn't feel so stuck in the current role.
1: Well, and sometimes when we're in our current roles, we're just focused on doing our work, doing our, like Holly and I discussed, our to-do list, and we don't sit and consider what we really would want. So I think that's what this is kind of asking you, like, despite, you know, work being difficult and being hard, you know, kind of, you can do that at the same time, but also, like, just sit and consider what your kind of heart's desire is in this like yeah. what would be your four of wands sort of job position or you know something like that that true sense of happiness and joy like was yeah. there a job in your university days that gave you that sense of completion you know so I think that's kind of what that hermit is here saying like you know start going inward maybe not like take two months off work but being intentional with that time to sit down and just start thinking As and plotting. You can and, yeah yeah
0: yeah. So maybe we should pull a card for that job that it would she'd be the only employee. Because I feel like it's tempting to say, well, because also that she'd be the only employee. Maybe that's where Ugh. the hermit is. Kind. Of, I don't like it as much because, but the no. Ace of Wands and the hermit is kind of like a brand new solo endeavor that would be hard. Like that's where the Ten of Wands mm-hmm. could come into play. Yeah. And what was the specific wording that we were using for that? How she could get started on the right path. Doing something hard alone that's totally new. It kind of sounds like that job. Yeah. Let's pull cards for that job specifically because I forgot that that she'd be the only employee. But now I'm thinking maybe the way to get started on figuring out what she truly wants to do would be doing that job. And just saying, I know that this is going to be hard. And it's not going to be kind of like you going
1: into it with the expectation of this is not going exactly what I want, but it's good for now. Yeah. You know, yeah, Sometimes you, you like space. just need to eat, you know? Yeah.
0: And could give you, could give, ugh, I can't speak. Could give you the space to really spend time alone and figure out what you like and don't like and how you could move forward. Let's pull yeah. for that. Just like the vibes around energy of that job. Okay. Yeah. The magician. Yeah. I think that maybe that job is the way to go.
1: Yeah. And I got the seven of swords. So it's that figuring out that information, gathering information, using that time wisely, maybe, like I said, going into it, knowing that this may not be the perfect job and will, you know, do everything like fit, tick all those boxes
0: perfectly. But you're using it
1: for your own, like, purposes.
0: networking almost and then the the magician is both creating something out of a out of a situation but also manipulating the situation which paired with the seven of Uh swords you said seven of swords right yes seven of swords yeah okay i feel like yeah i feel like that job probably is the way to go and just take everything you can out of it and yep like utilize it to your advantage. So rather than getting sucked into the idea that you're the only employee, so they deserve your loyalty, think about mm-hmm. it in terms of like, what can I get out of this and how can right. I make the most of this role? And exactly no, going into it, kind of knowing that this is your time to sort of like be alone with your thoughts and needs with the hermit in the previous position. Yeah. How funny that it was such a hard right turn. Seriously. Who knew? tarot man you just really have to spend some time with it sometimes yeah you do and also I think as readers it's really helpful to remember as readers that if you start feeling like it's leading you in a different direction than what you initially expected fucking go with it yeah (laughs) keep digging yeah (laughs) keep keep chiseling at that wall all right judgment dread it sounds like that job is going to be the way to go yeah
1: As always, keep us updated, and thanks for trusting us with your judgment um, caper.
0: There we go. Concerns. Yes, 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 yes. It's just such a hard card for people to deal with, but... Yeah. It is. There we go. But... I think. All right, like, but um, now it's time for Patreon shout
1: outs. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, oh, that's okay. I was just to say, I think from um, Pocket of Peers Tarot, it's our friend Logan. And that card has been renamed The Awakening. So oh, maybe yeah. consider that shift because I really like that's The Awakening true. as a new title. So consider that as like this is your moment of awakening using this next job for your own purposes and, and I actually allow think that that, that card
0: is renamed like frequently because yeah, people totally. have such weird, like I think in the Muse Tarot it's been renamed to something like Awakening too. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I think so. It's just so. so hard to see judgment and not think something terrifying. Yeah. It is Awakening and uh, the Muse in Tarot. Muse tarot uh, so I, I just feel like, yeah, thinking about it in terms of Awakening, it was your, you were being asked to, really think about what you actually wanted and now Mm -hmm. it's sort of leading you into a place of like this hard work but solitude can allow you to create what you want out of this job and then you can continue to sort of move forward rather than feeling like stuck in indecision totally totally good luck judgment dread
2: And now
0: it's time for some Patreon shout outs. All right. Lovely Patreon supporters. Our Patreon is still bumping with the Charmed episodes. There's lots of fun stuff going on there. And also we just really majorly appreciate your support. It makes it a lot easier to cover different bills. And like we said in the last episode... Our uh, $15 a month level gets a gift once a year. And that gift is going out in August or September? August,
1: I believe. Because if they they support for June, June, July, July, August, August. August. they they get get the box.
0: Exactly. So if you would like our box this year, which is a surprise, but it is very cool, then you can still (laughs) have time to back us in June have back us in July and back us in August. And for everyone who had previously backed for three months during the last calendar year, but did not receive a box, you will be receiving a box in this shipment. I emailed all of you that I could find in our spreadsheet. So hopefully everyone got that. But if you supported us at $15 a month for three months between last August and now, even if you're not currently a supporter, hit us up. Make sure that yep. we're, you're on our list, and then if anyone else wants to do it, you can too. But even at the five dollar yep. level, tons of fun content, and it's also just a way of showing us that you like us. <laughs> that yes, and yeah. Sound when I say that. <laughs> I mean and I it. apologize. I you. Yeah, you, we love you, but I apologize.
1: I'm a week behind because of the surgery, so yeah. there will be content uploaded very, very soon. Just. The busyness of returning back to work has hit me like a freight train, so.
0: And also, as we get closer to the book release, we're going to start sharing stuff that we couldn't include in the book on Patreon. The reasons we couldn't include them almost always were about art rights. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh, that was so that was the most wild part about writing our book was just how little control it felt like
1: we had. Uh I mean, just because we would like write like literally we'd write the whole thing and then be like, we don't
0: have the rights for it. And we have to like delete it. Yeah. And it wasn't like we still got the book that we wanted out of it, but there were some really cool chapters or really cool decks that we didn't get to talk about as much as we would have liked. So we're going to pop that. Content into a PDF with no images yep. on it, and you can just Google alongside us as our <laughs> Patreon supporters. Exactly. <laughs> but we do have new Patreon supporters this week, and I will start with Michaela. Michaela? I think maybe Michaela. Michaela. Okay. Your card is the Three of Swords. Best of wishes, honoring your sadness, Michaela.
1: Okay, so I'm drawing a card for Jackie. One, two, three, four, or five, six, seven.
0: Two, three, four, five, six,
1: seven. And Jackie, your card is the Four of Swords. Oh, look at us doing a three of swords and a four of swords. I know. So rest.
0: Engage in that resting, Jackie. Engage in that rest. And then, Joan, your card is... Boop, boop, doop, boop, doop, doop.
1: Temperance. Five, I love it. Seven. And for Lovely Mika, I don't know if that was a, like, actual name in that's in the Patreon, or
0: if Holly, like, yeah, added the word lovely. No. Okay. I'm, I'm sure that they are lovely, but that is yes. just how their name appears. Their name is, appears.
1: Okay, okay. I was like, do we know Mika? Do I need to draw an extra special card for Mika? And Mika, Lovely Mika, your card is the Ace of Swords. Ooh. Ooh exciting. That is exciting. Awesome. Well,
0: we thank, we appreciate it so much, Patreon supporters. Your support really, really helps us a lot, and we love it. Yes. And our only announcement is our perpetual announcement. Pre-order our book. It's yes. really coming up. It's only a few Fast. months away. Like, we are I know. three months away from that book being in the world. And if you pre-order it now, it you will get a um, a zine of a bunch of spreads we wrote about the book. Uh, If you submit a proof of your pre-order through the link in our show notes. Um, And also it sounds so cheesy and like anti, like, I don't know. It's sort of the antithesis of like who we are as people, but pre-ordering helps a ton. Like it's what the algorithm wants. It's what everybody wants. And so if you're even considering it, we would really appreciate a pre-order. Ideally through Amazon. It's a, Just because of the way that the world works. (laughs) Yes. Like where all of our anti-capitalist stuff is screaming at (laughs) us. But (laughs) it's just the way of the world. And so if you want to pre-order, we would appreciate it so much. Wherever you pre-order, you're still eligible for the zine. But the Amazon pre-orders seem to be weighted more valuably because a lot of other booksellers base their orders on what Amazon orders. Yes. So we would majorly appreciate it. Yeah. And with
1: pre-orders, it doesn't charge you immediately. It, it only charges when the book comes out. So
0: excellent point. Yeah. And so don't worry about it coming out of your book, account. You're charged. Exactly. You won't get charged at least in the United States, Amazon. I don't know if yeah. Amazon works differently, but in the United States, the pre-order does not come out of your account until the ship release date. Basically. Yeah. 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 So if, yeah, we would love it. We would appreciate it so much. It is a really cool book. It really is like, like, I, and we have really, pages, like I some media
1: packet. We can start like showing people. So I know, like,
0: although I'm kind of scared to look at it because I'm a little bit worried that we'll find something.
1: I'm just not going to read as well. the words. I'm just going to look at the pretty pictures <laughs> yeah. because that's what I'm here for.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's going to be such a great book and we really appreciate all of your free orders a lot. It's yeah. Very helpful. Yes. It, it
1: really makes us feel good that you support us in this endeavor. Yes.
0: Exactly, exactly. Uh, all right, cool. So this week we are talking about slash to the creator of Pacific Northwest Arrow. woo Woohoo! woo So Brendan is a designer and an artist who lives in Portland, Oregon, and got his professional start in animation and graphic design. He started this particular project out of his love for the Pacific Northwest, starting by drawing one native animal or plant, each night to deal with all of the emotions of April of 2020. The Aww. deck is currently on Kickstarter where it was fully funded within the first half hour of it being live. Like Yay. it opened at eight. And when I looked at it at eight twenty nine, it was well over fully funded. Yay. Uh, the entire deck is filled with Pacific Northwest animals and plants. Some of them being native species, some transplanted species or migratory species that are seen in the area. The cards were selected through a combination of research and intuition and it follows the traditional writer waite smith structure. Uh, the deck has a 100-page guidebook that identifies the species selected and includes both short interpretations of the cards, but also a little fun write-up about the connection between the species selected and the meaning of the card. Yay! Uh, and the deck is completed, so it's just a matter of the Kickstarter being funded, which it already has. And we are so excited to talk to Brendan all about it. I know! That is so exciting! I know. And also, always back the Kickstarters that are fully created. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, totally. It's such a good call. So, with that being said, with no further ado, here is us chatting with Brendan Marnell, the creator of the Pacific Northwest Hero.
1: Well, welcome to the Wally Tarot Podcast. I am introducing myself as Esther, so obviously Holly is not here today to talk with Brendan Marnell. Is that how you pronounce your name first of all?
2: That is how I pronounce my name. Okay,
1: perfect. I'm always terrified I'm pronouncing names incorrectly. So welcome to Brendan Marnell. He is the creator of Pacific Northwest Tarot, which is a full 70-card tarot deck with each archetype of the tarot represented by a plant or animal that makes its home in the Pacific Northwest. And he labels it as a pandemic art project, and it's his year-long obsession and a love letter to the region he lives in. So welcome, Brendan.
2: Yeah, thank you, Esther.
1: Yeah, it's so nice to meet you voice to voice. I've been following your Kickstarter as it just launched a few days ago. And on Instagram, you've been active and just... Just pleasantly surprised with how the tarot community has sort of enveloped you. How was that experience um, just in being impacted by the tarot community like this?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I, um, I I had taken an intro in, in tarot, you know, pr- oh, near, nearly two decades ago. Um, okay. And, uh, you know, tried, tried to draw my own deck back then, and, you know, engaged with it, did, did A few, a few readings, read a couple books, but then tarot was not something that has been in my life for a long time since then, Uh um, and, you know, returned to it really as, as an art project at, at the start of the pandemic, um, and just started kind of putting things out there as, um, you know, as, as I started to draw cards and was, you know had no idea that that tarot has really had a resurgence and that there was a, such a strong tarot community oh, yeah. out there um, and have just been kind of amazed to to find it and to be welcomed by so many people in it and to, and to have gotten such a reception to the to the work that I'm doing has really been a you know a, amazing to me and just a, a very welcome surprise
1: yeah and especially i think you caught it like at a really peak time for animal and flora and fauna sort of tarot decks if that makes any sense because uh-huh. like yeah, um, just since like 2012 with the you know wild unknown being like kind of like a first big giant like mainstream tarot deck and then a few years later obviously we're in 2021 now and like animal tarot decks are itself making a resurgence on their own and just kind of engaging with your art in the specific region is just so special to me because as someone who's never been to the Pacific northwest and someone who only kind of generally knows about this area from just friends who live there it's really um a interesting experience like you like i think it was the seven of cups just even like whittling down to a specific dragonfly or specific fly on that card and it's just really i just really love it so much that you've taken your love for your region and kind of like you said written a love letter to it in the form of tarot so i just think it's so cool so kind of tell like 20 years ago you sort of like engaged with tarot for the first time how did that sort of transform into this art project because that just sounds really
2: neat yeah yeah um I mean to to a certain extent I I I don't know what prompted me to to pick it back up but you know I always had this idea in my head that I that I wanted to draw a tarot deck and Mm -hmm. tried to way way back when and you know, it's it's a massive project, right? So I, I think I right. got maybe 15 cards into it and got consumed with, with other projects and wasn't happy where it was going and, and maybe didn't have a strong enough concept. And, you know, I, I set it aside and, and worked on other things. Um, but at the at the start of the pandemic, like like literally just a, a week or two into it, I was... Um, you know, but lockdown was was happening, and um, uh, I'm I'm fortunate enough that, that I have a job where I'm able to work from home. Um, but yeah. it just meant that I was just spending like literally every every minute in in the house and feeling like I I wanted to um, you know get get out and explore and being unable to do that um, physically. Started started to research more about the the Pacific Northwest. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not a Northwest native. I've lived here for for seven years now. Okay, um, but but you know we we started a family shortly after we moved here, and I haven't always had the the opportunity to get out and travel and explore it as much as I wanted to. So, um, you know, fe- feeling a need to. Um, you know re- return back into my art in this in this moment that we were all kind of like pulling in at the start of the pandemic mm-hmm. and and also wanting to to get out and learn more about the region it something just kind of clicked for me i i had this um this image in my head of of a bear hibernating and combined that with the with the hermit archetype that right you know we're, we're kind of we're closing ourselves away and trying and trying to, you know, focus on, focus on myself, um, and how am I going to get through this, this situation that's, that's affecting everyone. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I started with the Hermit and, um, you know, I, I think the next card I drew was the, the Magician and then, and then the, um, the Foxes as the Lovers and, you know, but before I knew it, I, I was, you know, five or six cards into this thing and, and just, Wanted to see where where it went. Um, honestly, I didn't expect to, to complete a full deck, and it took it took me an entire year to do it. But um, yeah, it was it was a fun project to work on, and really um, helped helped me get through that time. It, it gave me something yeah. to to de stress, to look forward to at the end of the day, to you know to be able to just put on some music and. Um, you know, veg out or get into a flow state and just draw for for a couple hours every night.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you, was there a sort of like ritual, uh, not ritual, because ritual sounds like super fancy and rigid, but was there like a nightly ritual when you went to go draw these cards? Like, what was the kind of atmosphere that you created for yourself to get into the mood to do this project every night?
2: Um, yeah, that's a that's a great question. I mean, certainly nothing that that I would think of as as a ritual. Um, I, I work on an iPad, which is very important to me because it means that I can draw while I'm on the couch. Yeah. Um, so, you know, very um, very kind of casual. Like I, I'll, you know, put, it, put on some music and make a cup of tea, and, and that's maybe the extent of, of any ritual that's happening.
1: Okay, okay. I wasn't sure if, you know... Just set the, setting the mood to me just sounds like that's part of the fun of engaging in whatever art you're doing is like setting that moment for you to be present and for you to do what kind of like you said, de-stressing that process, allowing that pandemic stress to kind of flow through your arm and into your artwork to create something just like magical and so beautiful.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think um, since, since becoming a parent, those, those moments that I can spend <laughs> focused on myself are so rare Mm-hmm. That it's, um, you know, how, however I can make that happen um, is is what I'm gonna do. So, um, yeah, the, I, I think the uh, being able to dive into it quickly and jump mm-hmm. out of it quickly uh, was kind of crucial to making it happen at all.
1: And as this started, kind of. It seemed like it started from what I was reading as a sort of like art project where you were, okay, let me just draw the flora and fauna of Pacific Northwest. What was that like moment that you knew it was going to be a deck? Or did you kind of go into it immediately thinking, oh, I'm going to do a tarot deck, if it makes any sense?
2: Yeah, I mean, from the, um, it, it had been about a year since I had done any art. Um, mm mm-hmm. And I, w- I was just trying to like ease myself back into it, and I, I enjoy drawing animals. I I just find it find it fun, find it relaxing. Um, and had drawn had drawn a, a few, um, and, and was kind of exploring a new style um, when I had that idea of the of the hermit um, of the black bear as the as the hermit. And I think from there that that was kind of the that was the moment where I was like, "Okay, this is interesting. I'd mm-hmm. I'd like to do a few more of these," um, so and then it really just continued from there. So that that was um, probably, you know, the the last week of March, twenty twenty, right. um, wow. yeah. And then you know, just kind of continued straight through. That it's it's really been the only artistic endeavor I've I've taken on since then.
1: Oh, okay. And what was it like, kind of matching the f- the Natural aspects of the Pacific Northwest to tarot archetypes. Um, was that kind of difficult for you? What, what cards kind of came easier than others? I guess.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a great question because th- there were definitely some where um, you know I, I had a, a clear picture in my head of of what I wanted it to be. Um, so you know, like the um, the honeybee as the, as the mm-hmm. hierophant with that kind of structure of the, of the honeycomb um, around her mm-hmm. or, um, you know, what's a, what's another good one? Like the, the crow is the magician. I, I, yeah I don't know exactly where that image came to my head, but it just, it just felt, it just felt right. And so I, and so I did it, but there were others where, um, you know, I, I really kind of agonized over over what that, um, what that card would be or who would, who would represent that card. Um, Mm -hmm. like the mole as the, um, the two of swords, um, which I, I think is ironic given that it's a card about making a decision. And it took me months <laughs> to figure out who, who my Two of Swords was going to be.
1: <laughs> oh, uh. no. <laughs>
2: and it's such a
1: cute little mole, too. Like, I love his little face. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. That, those, like, decisions are always so difficult because either you have too many decisions on your plate or there's kind of a lack of decision sometimes. Like, it's like, oh... I, that's, this one doesn't quite fit, so I'm just going to wait for it. And I feel like right. it worked out in the end for you, where you were able to just sort of grasp, like the, like you mentioned the hierophant. That's one of my favorite ones that I, I, I kind of gasped when I saw it because I had looked through flip throughs, but sometimes with a flip through, the, you know, the camera's not zoomed up close. So when I saw this one in person, I, I it took my breath away because it is like so. I don't want to say like in your face in a bad way but it's so striking and it's like oh wow this this is what the higher font is like in this sort of animal archetype thing so i i think you've done a stellar job capturing the terror archetypes for each card and like that vision that from you has translated beautifully into artwork on the cards themselves as well so
2: yeah yeah thank you and you know, just to, to get back to your question, I think some, some of them were very intuitive like that and others I, I really wound up doing a lot of research to find, um, you know, an, an animal or in a few cases a plant that had a, a behavior or some kind of trait about it that, that mm-hmm. meshed with the, with the meaning of the tarot card. Um, so yeah, so some of them like the, um, my, my six of cups with the, with the octopi. Mm -hmm. Um, like I never would have, would have come up with that initially. That was right from kind of learning about, um, you know, these, uh, these creatures and, and the way that the, um, the, the mother octopus, like basically sacrifices herself to, to take care of her, her babies and give them some hope of, of survival, um, Mm is was was kind of amazing and just felt like a fit for that card but that was another one where it was like i for the longest time i had no idea what my six of cups was going to be um and you know read read about a lot of different uh creatures before i came up with that idea
1: oh i i always pull a couple of cards to talk about as we get to the end of the show and the 6 of cups is one of mine so i'm going to put it back in my deck since we talked about it already but i love that so much
2: we can it's... talk about it more oh we'll oh, talk about we can yeah, talk about it more it's a, a little good
1: one. yeah cuz it's really good i did want to ask as i i don't know if you can tell by my accent that slips out sometimes i'm from the southeast of the us so i don't know about anything as far as nature goes with the pacific northwest can you as you know we have like a worldwide listeners can you sort of like summarize what we could find in the pacific northwest as far as nature goes and like the different types types of nature you could run into in that general area
2: yeah absolutely i think that's one of the things that makes the pacific northwest so unique is that there are so many um different uh bio regions with within the within the northwest so mm-hmm. um probably the the best known one is uh, the forests here which which are actually a rainforest it's a it's a okay. temperate rainforest uh-huh. um, so you know there's the um, the the redwood trees the the tallest trees in the world um, mm-hmm. and the and the old growth forests around them um, so um, but but you know the Northwest also has deserts and you um, Grasslands and scrublands, and a massive coastline and the Pacific Ocean. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really all of all of these different things in such close proximity to each other, and you know, in interacting with each other, um, that I that I think makes it really unique.
1: Totally, totally. And I kind of had a thought come to mind as you were talking because it, you've already mentioned your family and how like sort of integrated you are with them and you know it being convenient with your ipad because you can engage with them at sort of their beck and call were there any kind of easter eggs in the cards that had to do with your family or anything like that or maybe just easter eggs in general about your life that you've kind of placed in the cards
2: yeah um there there absolutely are there's um uh the Two of Cups is probably the the strongest one, and I I've um, shared this story on on my Instagram. So um, I I, I if anyone listening is is following me, you might have heard this. But um, so yeah, when I when I was initially getting into tarot, um, you know, way way back when, I I had a friend um, who did some readings for me and, um, you know, it was the, it was the end of the school year at college. She was graduating, she was moving away. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wanted to do a, a one card reading for me, um, and give me that card to, to keep with me as we kind of went our, went our separate ways. Um, and the card that, um, that she drew for me was the two of cups, okay. which, you know, it's, it's like, Kind of, it was kind of like the, the perfect card to to summarize our our relationship um, up to that point. We we had just become extremely close friends over over the year, mm-hmm. um, so you know I, I took that two of cups card and um, you know fr- kept it kept it in a frame, um, and you know six six months later she and I started a, a long distance relationship, and you know maybe a year after that we are we were living together and um you know still are um so um you know she she really connected me to to tarot and and you know i probably never would have um you know known about it or or certainly not engaged with it the way that i have if if not for her um but the the two of cups has always been a really special card to me Mm -hmm. um because it you know in in a way it it felt like it, it brought us together um so the the two of cups in the deck and then um it's it's paired with the ten of cups it's um it's it's a pair of swallows migrating songbirds who um the the in the two of cups they're they're kind of um you know meeting um for for the first time and then in the ten of cups you can see they've they've um you know, cre- created their nest, and they've they've got their their chirping little chicks crying out for for attention and yeah. <laughs> and food. Um, so that's yeah. Those two cards are, are really my, my self insert um, uh-huh. of our our, our little mm. family. Um, but yeah, there's there's certainly some some others in there. Um, yeah. So another Easter egg is the. Um, the three of cups, um, where, um, it's the, it's the three butterflies. Um, and I, I made some, I made some friends, um, pre, pre pandemic actually, but, um, just online playing Uh a game, um, and became pretty close friends with them. And we, we kind of still keep up a a running group chat. Um, and, having, having some online friends during the pandemic was so, (laughs) so helpful. Um, so, um, I, I asked each of them to, to choose a butterfly, um, that, that makes its home in the Pacific Northwest. So, um, those are, that's, that's my little group of, um, online friends there.
1: Because I'm a nerd and a geek, what game, by chance, would you be willing to share what the game is? <laughs> oh,
2: um, sure. Uh, the game, the game is called Sky. Um, Sky, okay. Yeah, it's, it's actually a mobile game. Um, so it's, it's a really beautiful game. Um, it's, it's about exploration and giving and, uh, and death and rebirth. It's, oh. um, yeah, it's it's really it's just a, beauti- a beautiful little mobile game that oh, I would cool. very much recommend.
1: Cool. I, for me, my, the game that I picked up during the pandemic was um, with some D and D friends of mine. We did a Blades in the Dark sort of role playing game online together. Oh, and nice. And so <laughs> that's what we—that's what my pandemic game was. Was every week looking forward to like an adventure not in this world. So.
2: <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm yeah. jealous. I, I would love to have some friends to play tabletop RPGs with right now. Yeah. I I, I do not have time for that in in my life at the moment.
1: <laughs> yeah, we've we're able to manage to do it like. Via a website, Roll20, and then Discord audio. And we're still going with a different game. We're doing Fall of Delta Green now. And so we are just keep going, you know, because in South Korea currently not, uh, we just started our vaccination push. And so we're not vaccinated at this at this moment. So we're still abiding by pandemic rules. So it's still, it's really nice to have those friends that have made themselves known through the pandemic and those friendships blossom through like something as simple as a game, you know, who knew?
2: yeah absolutely well
1: that's cool thank you for that recommendation for sky because i always like to check out different games and new games so i thank you
2: that was cool yeah yeah i hope you enjoy it
1: um so let's go into like zooming into card specifics what were your sort of favorite cards in the deck that kind of I don't want to say came easily but sort of surprised you whenever they were finished and have a special place in your heart like i know you mentioned i believe the lovers or the two of cups i forget sorry they are so similar the ones with the foxes i think the lovers right
2: yeah the lovers is with the foxes yeah yeah
1: and so like that one seems to hold a special place in your heart and as well as the ten of pentacles or no ten of cups with the birds so Mm -hmm. what other you know what kind of cards would you label your favorites i know that's a really awkward question to ask an artist because you know in a perfect world all 78 would be your favorite but what sort of are a little a little more favorite
2: yeah yeah i mean it's it's definitely hard to choose um the the high priestess mm-hmm. stands out the the spider um on the on the uh it's a it's a willamette mm-hmm. daisy um but that yeah something about that spider really kind of representing like the the hidden or secretive knowledge aspects of the of the high priestess just really mm-hmm. felt right to me, and and I yes. love that image. Um, and then, f- funnily enough, some some of the cards I struggled with the most are actually the ones that are that are some of my favorites. Um, the mm-hmm. star, um, which is a mourning dove, um, you know, I that's one of the few where I just totally scrapped it and, oh, and yeah. redrew it. Um, and, uh, and even after that, I, I, think I redid the background about, uh, six or seven times before I felt like I, I really had the, the composition and the mm-hmm. colors right. Um, and then, uh, you mentioned the Seven of Cups earlier with the, um, the yes. damselfly or the, or dra- dragonfly on it. And, um, yeah, I mean, that, that, <laughs> that one I redrew so many times. It's, um uh, for, for anyone who, you know, doesn't have the deck in front of them, the, the perspective is kind of from underwater looking up at a dragonfly that's flying above the surface of the water. So it's kind of distorted by the ripples Mm -hmm. in the water, um, which, you know, frankly, taking that on, I I was a little (laughs) bit afraid that, that it was beyond, (laughs) beyond my ability to convey that as an artist. Um, and definitely took a, a few tries to get it right. So I was, I was banging my head into yeah. the wall for a while with that one. But um, you know, it, in the end, I'm, I'm really, and I still wouldn't even say it's it's one of the best cards. But it, but I would say it's like it, it has a special place in my heart because I I worked so mm-hmm. hard on it to to um, you know get it get it. Yeah, to where and it that is. was
1: one of Holly's favorite cards when we were talking about it. Um, together on Wednesday you know she really just loved that perspective and even though you may have felt like you know it's not perfect or it's not you know where your artistic eye you know you know wants it to be for us we just think it's brilliant because having that perspective of you know having seven cups in front of you not knowing which one to pick you know your view can be distorted and you know and it can be an illusion you know putting that perspective underwater is genius so you know we adore it and I think it's one of the you know one of my surprise favorite cards because the seven of cups can kind of get repetitive and daunting in some decks but this was like oh this is genius like so thank you for engaging with that hardship and for pressing on despite you know feeling like you know, at times it was not worth it, but it definitely was for the end result, most certainly. So
2: yeah, yeah, thank you. And yeah, and I, I def- definitely felt like it was one of my stronger yeah. concepts, uh, just, just challenging to pull off from an artistic mm, point I of, yeah. think
1: you achieved it. So well done. <laughs> I will give you a gold star yeah, <laughs> from the Wally Terror podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, and kind of like on that similar line, the hardest cards, so you've sort of talked about the Seven of Cups, of course, being like artistically difficult and what kind of were harder cards to sort of match with archetypes, like with, you mentioned the Two of Swords with the Mole. Were there any other cards that were sort of a puzzle to kind of engage with in the process?
2: Uh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not sure if, if it was a, a puzzle per se, but one of the ones that I found really challenging was the, the okay. tower. Um, just because it, the, of, of the, the content of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the tower, it's, it's basically depicting a, a forest fire with a, um, you know, a, a redwood in the foreground as the tower. And kind of this question of, is it going to burn down? Is it going to survive the fire? But, um, you know, with the Northwest having been hit by such hard wildfires over the last mm-hmm. few years... Um, you know, like the, the concept came easily enough to me, but what I didn't expect was that I would actually get emotional about it as I was drawing it and, and really kind of feeling that, um, that Mm -hmm. loss of the, you know, the, the habitat being hit by, by so much destruction. Um, so that, that was a challenging card for me.
1: Looking at the tower card, it's one of the ones I've again pulled out to kind of talk about and engage with more because it is so striking and as someone who like i feel almost personally affected by fires. like at times like when i see the destruction in australia in the pacific northwest these you know old ancient sort of trees and the forest and what it kind of does to the habitats there. Like it almost, it does hurt me. Like I, I like physically have cried and we wept before because of the destruction that happens. And so for you to convey that artistically in this card. And I think if for me, at least that emotion definitely comes through. And so thank you for engaging with that and pressing on to, you know, sort of allowing your emotional side to come through it for this card, because it does beautifully kind of imply, you know, is it going to be destroyed completely by these fires and their sense of renewal and, you know, aspect like after the fires itself. So I think it comes across beautifully and it's a very powerful tower card. So,
2: yeah, thank you. I really,
1: I really enjoyed it. And what kind of card kind of changed the most over time? Like you had a initial concept at first and then it was scrapped it and, you know, or, you know, the artistically it changed or archetypally it changed. What kind of card was the changing card in this deck?
2: Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I be, you know, having so many in front of me, I often didn't, um, didn't even get started on them until um, I, I had a concept that I was pretty sure okay. I was going to run with. Um, we, we've we've talked about a couple of the ones where, where that concept changed over time. Um, the, um, you know, the star, the star and mm-hmm. the seven of cups, um, those were the ones that I redrew the most. Um, and the, the two of swords is, is definitely the one where, where I had just idea after idea and nothing mm-hmm. was working. Um. Um, the devil okay. is another one where, um, the idea for it changed. Um, you know, I, I was initially thinking some of the more maybe typical devil imagery, um, it, it sketched, sketched some snakes, um, you know, thought about, thought about goats. Uh-huh. We have, we have lots of neighborhood <laughs> goats here right. in Portland. Um, goats are
1: evil. I will give you that. They are pretty evil. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's, yeah, they're certainly yeah. mischievous, um. Uh, but, you know, it, did, it didn't feel right. It felt, it felt a little like it had just been been done before. Um, so, yeah, it, it was actually my, my wife who suggested finding an invasive species for, mm-hmm. for the devil. So, um, so that that's where these beetles came from who are, you know, devouring this hops plant. Um, so, yeah, those are some of the ones that, that changed the most.
1: I love that. Like Like you said, invasive species, eating a hops plant, that is very devilish, so... i I liked that perspective as well okay so i'm gonna talk about some of my favorite cards i did stalk your instagram a bit and i would like to talk to you about how offensive you were with the crab from the four of cups now don't be scared because this crab is me like I am underwater (laughs) in this with this crab being all defensive and protective and when I was I read your like I saw the deck I was like oh Esther this is you as this crab and then when I read your description I was like my gosh, Brendan has totally read me for filth and I cannot believe how rude this is about me. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to call you out. I, <laughs> Such uh, a call out. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't sure if you would realize that the cra- that, that crab <laughs> is actually you. I
1: know. Uh, I was like, how dare you, Brendan? Brendan. So. <laughs> anyway, so I, I just really like love this crab, like from the initial like get go it of being purple and blue and being a chubby bodied crab and not like a really skinny, like cute, you know, like. I always say cute crabs like are the stylistic like red ones that you of course you know see everywhere. But this is like a earthy hardy crab, and so can you talk yeah. to us about like how you came up with this crab, and why is it me? So we're gonna we're gonna focus on me for like two <laughs> minutes here.
2: <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Um, and yeah, this was actually one of the ones that I that I struggled with. So it's a it's a Dungeness crab, um, and we even. Um, that there even is the cute the cute crab is in the deck as well. That's the the six of swords, the the hermit crab
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, with it with its little eyes poking up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is the this is the defensive crab with its with its claws out. Um. um where did this crab come from? It. You know. <laughs> I, I mean, it's the it's, it's the it's the four of cups. It's it's that kind of. I, I think closed off was the keyword that really led me to a crab, uh-huh. right? You've got, you've got your shell that you're, um, that, that you're hiding in. And, and with this crab that there's even like the two layers of closed, closed offedness, right. um, or, or, you know, maybe even three, right? You've got the claws out front, you've got the shell mm-hmm. and then, uh, she's, she's right outside the, um, the, the hole in the sand or, or the, the little, uh, cave or, or, um nestling of rocks where where a dungeness crab might might hang out. Mm-hmm. So there's these like multiple layers of of um you know de- defense or or protection that um that she has in front of her.
1: Yeah. Ugh. it's and then your description um is just so perfect for it. And like seriously, I it was I was reading it and I was like, are you serious? how did brendan know how did he know <laughs> so i that's that's i that may be like an uncommon favorite but that's like legit i really love that one just the the crab imagery it's just so cool
2: yeah do, do you often connect with the four of cups
1: not really the four of cups not necessarily like that apathy or the, but kind of that like you said that close oftenness i think especially during the pandemic when like here i've been back at work since last year we've been in the class i am a teacher part uh, part of my job is being a teacher in the classroom um and so i've it's difficult doing energy levels when you're dealing with being out in public but also pandemic you know so there's Uh that constant flow of you know like engaging and then disengaging for your own mental health and so that's what like literally that's been me is kind of working with those energy levels seeing where i'm I'm engaging healthily with people, seeing where I'm overexerting myself with others. And so it's just that constant flow. And for me, my natural state is, please leave me alone. I just want to be in my cave and huddle here. Don't talk to me. So,
2: <laughs> yeah. And, and yet here you are hosting a podcast. I know. So I good, know. For, good for you, but... getting outside that shell.
1: <laughs> I mean, especially with not having Holly here, who is... Very like lovingly, excitingly talky—you know—the more talkative one of us. And so this is definitely me outside of my shell, you know, being the one person to engage with you. So here we are.
2: Well, hey, I'm (laughs) I'm 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 right there with you. I've gone from the phase of this project where I, um, you know, hide alone in the living room and draw (laughs) draw animals (laughs) all night to to the phase of the project where I'm. You know promoting myself and promoting the deck and um you know re- really kind of getting out there so i'm i'm right here outside yeah. my comfort zone with you look
1: at us doing this thing look at us it's whatever that yeah we've
2: we've, we've got done. this
1: yeah we did it hey we're doing it in the cur- currently <laughs> at this moment very much doing it uh, talking about another shelled creature I love temperance this this turtle in temperance is not only artistically rendered beautifully but I just really love turtles and the sense of it being the temperance card can you kind of talk about why you chose this turtle and how it represents temperance to you
2: oh my god yeah that's such a that's such a funny one to pick um
1: (laughs) sorry I like turtles
2: (laughs) no no funny um for I feel I feel like I have a very bizarre reason that I picked it um so I, there's there's a children's book that I'm pretty sure has been out of print for years now but I loved it when I was a kid called um, turtle Tail. okay and it, you know like most generic name ever <laughs> um, and it, you know it, it's it's about the, it's about this turtle who who learns the lesson of um, you know keeping their uh, that, that, that they can't they can't either keep their head always out of the shell or always in the shell, that they have to learn to be adaptable and, and that what a wise turtle would do is to, you know, sometimes have their head out of their shell so that they can drink some water and eat some food and other times hide in their shell to protect themselves from, I think it's a fox Mm -hmm. in the, in the book. Um, so yeah, that, that, so something for some reason that that book is what came to mind when I when I was deciding on an animal for my temperance card, um, and yeah, that that idea of um, you know not not be, not being one thing, being um, being between between those extremes, sometimes in your shell, sometimes out of your shell. Mm-hmm
1: oh i love that it kind of fits perfectly with the crab energy that we're feeling here but yeah. you know kind of transitioning into like this temperance of engaging when we should be in our shell and when we should be out of our shell so oh i like that that's so cool um i do want to talk about okay so the knight of cups in your deck i always kind of see the knight of cups as you know the romantic one with you know rose colored glasses and things like that and then i'm stalking your Instagram and. In your guidebook, there's gonna be a sonnet.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah.
1: That is brilliant. Like, I mean, first of all, it it, it affirms that I'm right, but also, like, <laughs> I just love that. Oh, here's a here's a sonnet from for the for the Knight of Cups. So, can you tell us about this sonnet? Like.
2: <laughs> yeah. It I, it just it just felt right. So I so I finished the art for the deck. Maybe. Um, Maybe six, six weeks ago, maybe maybe a little more um, and and I've been working on the guidebook since then and you know my, my idea for the guidebook um, as as I, as I drew the cards i I had been writing these kind of short fiction pieces that that went along with with each of the cards, and I hadn't been doing it for all of them, but had had been doing it for um, for for many of them and and I got to the guidebook and felt like this, this feels right to me. This feels like what, you know, I'm, there have been so many guidebooks written and, and so so many, you know, full, full books written on, on what each card of the tarot means. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't feel like I have a lot that I can contribute to, to that. Yeah. So, so what, what I, what, what I can do is kind of give my um, per, perspective on it or, or connect the, animal to the um to the to the card mm-hmm. and I, I i didn't want to just say like oh i drew a dolphin because a dolphin is you know feels playful and romantic somehow yeah <laughs> um i, I it, like i i wanted i wanted it to be a little more um nuanced than that so you know, I, I that that was my plan for the guidebook, and I, I've been writing all these microfiction pieces, and um, you know, thought thought that I already had a lot of them done. In truth, I had only written maybe twenty of these. Okay. There's there's so many tarot cards. Has, has anyone ever talked on this podcast <laughs> about just how many tarot cards there are? There are. So it's a, lo- a lot of tarot cards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you know, I've been I've been working through all seventy eight of them, and and um, as I got to the the, it, and wanted each of them to feel unique. Yes. Um, and you know the the Knight of Cups. It's that it's that like melodramatic romantic, mm-hmm. and it, it felt like writing a love poem was was the <laughs> it just, that just felt right yeah. for that character. And I I almost didn't want to do it because I am I am not a poet, mm-hmm. um, and wasn't wasn't sure I'd be do, be able to do a good job. But. Um, you know, it, I felt like even if I did a bad job, I could say that, you know what, this poem is written by a dolphin. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> maybe, maybe the dolphin is not a good poet.
1: I know. It's like, consider um, the source. It's the dolphin. It's not Brendan. It's the dolphin. So. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. And then, and then fortunately I'm, I'm married to an English teacher. So she, she was able to help me get the, uh, get the rhythm, oh, get the rhythm right. My, my first draft was maybe, maybe not quite there. Yeah. Um. But, but yeah but it was it was fun to write. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't I, I, I definitely haven't written any poetry since like high school mm-hmm. so
1: it was a delightful surprise to see because you know like you said it's difficult beca- to write a guidebook because you want to engage the person with the artwork and the specific things that you've chosen for that artwork with the tarot. But at the same time, you you, you feel, kind of feel repetitive because there's only so many words in the you know the English language to you know say romantic you know you know there's or different concepts. So I was just delightfully surprised to see that there was there's a sonnet included. I was like, yes, this is the yeah. level of nerdity I want in my <laughs> guidebooks.
2: <laughs> yeah, I it, I was. Um... Yeah, that that idea just kind of kind of came up very very suddenly, but it turned out to be one of the ones that I'm most proud of. Mm-hmm.
1: It's so cool. It's so super cool. And kind of while we're on the topic of the guidebook, I'm just going to go into specs for the deck, and then we'll pivot back to just some last cards. Um, so yeah, sure. the deck is, of course, like you said, 78 cards, a standard tarot deck size. It's going to be 330 GSM for their card stock. There's going to be a smooth matte finish with painted edges. And of course it's your hand-drawn digital artwork and hand-lettered numbers and tiles, which I love the, the way that you've been able to just do that in the, like, just for like the. I don't how the numbered mon- monikering like how you've displayed like wands around certain things or cups around like the brilliance in those small little details is like so seen and felt within like me and holly sp- specifically that we've talked about it but it's so so cool the small touches that you've put in there referring back to the tarot like the five of cups being toppled over like the five of cups in the rws version
2: yeah yeah and i wasn't sure how, you know how much people are going to to pick up on on those kinds of references, but, um, you know, de- definitely wanted each, um, each, each layout of the, of the, um, object depicted on the card to, to kind of tie into the, um, the, the meaning of, of that card. Um, and, you know, you know, it's interesting. I, I actually hadn't even, um, in, in my first draft of, the the minor arcana cards i actually got through two or three of them without drawing the object on on the card at all Mm -hmm. um i'm a i'm a designer by trade so um you know it was was kind of thinking about the the card as a as a design problem Mm -hmm. and you know do do did i really want to to draw (laughs)
1: that's <laughs> okay, don't worry it's fine <laughs>
2: <laughs> did, did I really want to draw you know five cups on on the five of cups right. right like if it's if it's got the number five on there and 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 maybe like a symbol or an icon of a cup is is that is that enough mm-hmm. um and and I did like two or three of them and they just felt like they were missing something mm-hmm. um so yeah, I, I wound up um, going back into those, and then and then from then on, um, add, adding the actual object back into the um, back into the the cards there. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, those um, those design details were were definitely something I, I was conscious of, and also just having fun with. Mm-hmm. Like um, you know, I, I definitely could have just found a font that looked good. Oh, and yeah. and. You know, typed in all the all the titles for every card, but I enjoyed hand lettering them all. Um, it like it was it was kind of fun. I'm I'm a bit of a typography nerd, yep. so it gave me a chance to, you know, play around with, um, you know, a, a a swashy little lettering style. Um, so yeah, it, and for for the first six months of this project i I still was not even thinking that I would ever print or publish this thing. Mm-hmm. It's really only that i as I've been sharing it and gotten such a great response it it felt felt like I should felt like I should put it out there. yeah, um, but so I, you know I was really just doing it doing it for me and obsessing over some of the small details because i because I was having fun obsessing over them.
1: yeah, well, as a fellow typography nerd, I like the hand lettering is just like chef's kits perfect, so. I, I, I enjoy the details, especially like the fact that I'm just specifically looking at like the six of cups right now, the, the details of the cups, the wands, all of those, it doesn't take away from the art itself. I think artists try too hard to refer back to the RWS like, oh, here's like giant cups for you to see when that's not necessary. And you've been able to balance the artwork of the natural world with those little bitty, you know, clues to the RWS you know itself so I think it's it's just beautiful and perfect and I can't geek out of it you know, over <laughs> it much more, because it's just Oh, amazing. thank you so much. <laughs> um, continuing with the specs, the guidebook is going to be about 100 pages, and it's going to be a short fiction for each card. So it's from what it seemed like, I guess, in your Instagram layout, there's going to be some sort of meanings, and then below a short fiction. Can you, like, I know we kind of talked about you writing it, and, you know, why you chose it, but is that the case, I guess, that's what I'm asking.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. Okay. So for, for each card, it would have... Um, you know some some keywords maybe maybe 10 10 or 12 words on just the meaning of that card make it um you know some something beginner friendly there mm-hmm. um the the species that i drew and then um you know the the micro which the shorter ones are are you know maybe a tweet length mm-hmm. and the longer ones are um you know a, a, a 100 words, yeah. 200 words at A full-blown at the most. sonnet, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, one Shakespearean sonnet.
1: <laughs> Which so, it blows my mind. I love it. Um, and then some extras. If I'm assuming people can add on f- for the Kickstarter itself. These aren't, like, stretch goals, from what I understand?
2: Yeah, I, I wanted to keep it super basic. Cool. Just, um, you know, I'm still, I'm still focused on getting the guidebook done mm-hmm. and designing the box art and and all of that, and didn't want to distract myself with too many extras, Um, but I I am doing sticker packs as well as a reading cloth that are available as extras.
1: And it says, I know at one point it says there are tarot pet portraits, I know there were at least five (laughs) at one point, I don't know if they've all been taken as of now, but that blew my goddamn mind, like, oh my gosh, there's a tarot, there's a tarot pet portrait, so i that's so
2: cool yeah 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 so um i i, I had a friend who um like ha- halfway through drawing the deck she was like wow that's so cool can you can you draw my cat as a tarot card <laughs> oh my gosh um so so i did and it's it's there in my instagram you can, uh-huh. you can go find it um but i i drew her her bangle kitten as as the devil okay um, <laughs> that that was the request uh and you know she she loved it it was it was for her daughter and and her daughter uh loved it as well um I, I de- and you know kind of joked at the time uh, that oh oh hey maybe I could start a tarot <laughs> card pet portrait. You have business. no idea what you've
1: done, Brendan. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh, yeah, as I as I was thinking about extras for the for the campaign, um, just it just seemed like a fun idea. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm I, I'm only doing five of them because I. Um, you know, these, these cards take, take me a long time to draw and I don't want to spend the rest of my life drawing people's pets, but yeah, it did, (laughs) it did seem like a fun, fun little add on to, to add in there.
1: That is so cool. And I love a simple Kickstarter where you already know what you're getting up front. There's no like extras you have to worry about as far as like stretch goals, you know, panicking like, Oh, I don't know if I can get this, you know, specific item, a stretch goal. So I love the simplicity that you've like presented with this Kickstarter deck, like It is what it says it is, we've already, you know, you've already met your goal and that is so super exciting. I just love everything about it, so. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I
1: was was just going to ask like the Kickstarter process, like what was that like for you? What did you, were you trying to decide between like doing a pre-order or Kickstarter? What kind of made you decide to go with Kickstarter?
2: Um, Really just that I had seen other decks on kickstarter um getting getting a lot of buzz around their launch Mm -hmm. um and i i think for me that that was the real reason to use kickstarter instead of just you know self funding this thing and putting it out on etsy or whatever is that kickstarter campaigns build build some buzz around the deck right Um, there's kind of a a concrete launch that everyone's getting ready for and um you know uh, that that I was able to do some some marketing around, and and was fortunately able to get some some prototypes into the the hands of um, some some lovely people like you you and Holly and yeah. and um, a, a handful of other people who've been sharing their own content with with the deck. Mm-hmm. And um, you know I I think building up that 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 buzz around it that then when it did go live on on Kickstarter, there were so many people who backed it just immediately. I I was very blown away. Yeah. Um, I think if, if I had done a, a softer, a softer launch on a, another platform, it probably wouldn't have gotten the same, um, the same response. Yeah. So
1: totally. Oh, that makes tons of sense. Yeah. And it's from an art from a like artistic and it fits your life more. It seems like with Kickstarter than rather than just like, um, perpetually having like a shop open with like etsy or something so
2: right 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 right. yeah and and that's my long-term plan um is that (laughs) that i you know i i will open up an etsy shop for Mm -hmm. you know after after all the kickstarter decks go out but um this seemed like a a more effective way to to get it out there from the get-go yeah
1: totally um so just kind of going to talk about the last of my favorites. Sorry, it's all about my favorites and at this moment. <laughs> so you already kind of talked about the Six of Cups and those octopus. I think they're the most cutest little little octopus. And it just warms my heart that an octopus is kind of featured because sometimes they're the dark looming sort of cards of the Mm. moon and other things like that but this makes them so playful with the six of cups and you already talked a little bit about it is there anything else you kind of want to say about the six of cups that kind of comes to mind that you haven't said yet
2: um yeah i mean that that card was literally the last one that i drew um and i i had wanted to get an octopus into the deck somehow mm-hmm. um and and hadn't found found the right fit for it um you know it it being an octopus you, you it was like oh it's got to be one of the eights right but it, <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it didn't make it didn't make sense as any of the eights um it, it almost got it got into the um the the court of cups mm-hmm. but um you know again just just didn't didn't quite make it um and yeah. So, but but I'm I'm really glad that that I drew it last actually because I, I I feel like my my artistic skill improved over the year that that I was working on it mm-hmm. and um, you know I'm not sure I could have pulled off these like glistening semi-transparent yeah. b- baby octopi yeah um, totally if if I had done it earlier in the project um, <laughs> but yeah it 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 just um, and and I I learned a lot about them as as I was drawing it. Like I, I had no idea but um, you know, a a, a mother octopus will, will give birth to literally thousands of baby octopi and and like, you know, maybe ten of them survive, mm-hmm. if even. Um, wow. and and you know, and they only live a few years before they um but, but before, you know, they're back in that position right. of being the mother octopus sacrificing themselves to give that tiny little chance of survival to Mm -hmm. um to to all these all these little babies um so there's there's definitely like a a little bit of wistfulness in that in that story but um yeah and um i'm not sure if that's captured in in the card because maybe they just look cute (laughs) um but that's definitely what i see when i when i look at it well
1: and i think like especially when you engage with a deck with the guidebook it's these little touches and things that make a difference if that makes any sense like you know with me you know when you first kind of see this card you think of like baby octopus kind of playing and then when you dive into you know the guidebook and see what sort of octopus it is and then you know for me i would be like oh what what kind of octopus is this let me look it up on you know wikipedia or whatever and sort of get engaging with that your thoughtfulness in um putting that meaning into the card it may not be like initially obvious via the artwork but it's there and it's for those people who want to engage with it further and see that depth it's there for them to explore on their own and I think that's super cool I, I just like that one and then to also kind of pivoting to another card we've already mentioned is the high priestess I have no idea what kind of spider this is or anything but just the white Glowingness of her is absolutely it was just like the hierophant for me it was very striking and very much um like it takes you back and it sort of like reframes your thought process when it comes to the high priestess and most of the time we think of the high priestess as sort of like that a quiet sort of archetype you know stillness introspective but this sort of like makes it a bit different so can you talk about the high priestess a little more
2: yeah for sure so it's um it's called a goldenrod crab spider um which um they're they're named that because they they often live in that kind of flower uh although this one is on a willamette daisy um Mm -hmm. because I, i wanted something more northwest specific yeah um but um so it, there, there's a spider that does not spin a web, um, and I, I, I kind of had the, the the character of of this spider in my head as being one who um, would, would would scoff at the spiders who are spinning webs. Like they're oh. they're so showy. <laughs> what are what, like why why do you need that big shiny thing that everybody can see? Like uh-huh. uh, so so these these spiders they'll they'll hide in the petals of the flower and um when a, a bee or a butterfly or another insect comes comes by for um for the the nectar they will um you know grab them uh-huh. and devour them <laughs> uh, so um there's 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 actually a, li- a little bit of a you know kind of an interesting dynamic between the high priestess and the and the hierophant totally. the the, hier- the hierophant being the queen bee and the high priestess, um, you know, be, being this crab spider that eats um, drone mm-hmm. drone bees. Yeah. Um, Ooh. So. <laughs> That's um, deep. But yeah, the, the, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can you can maybe guess which side I'm on there. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the um, yeah, so so the, there kind of was that that like hidden or stillness aspect to it, and the, mm-hmm. that they um, they kind of lie in wait. Um, within these flowers.
1: Oh, that is so cool. And I'm gonna like see if I can find a documentary on this specific spider on YouTube because I need to know more. So. <laughs> to... Well, I, I, th- I think
2: I just told you everything? pretty much everything okay. I know that about, okay, them, okay. about them. So yeah, if you find a great documentary about okay. them, I will watch it. Too. Okay,
1: okay. I'll, I'll DM it to you for sure. We will geek over the spider together. Uh, to sort of like close out the last thing I want to talk about is the backs of the cards like I can kind of see as a person who is not familiar with you know the specific trees or anything I can kind of see it's a pine cone with maybe some sort of like pine leaf but can you go into the the creation of the backs and how you decided on this design
2: yeah yeah so um it's a Douglas fir um which I think is the state tree of Oregon, but, um, we, we certainly have a ton of them here. Um, and yeah, so the, um, I, I, wa- I wanted a reversible back that, that was important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I actually initially drew a back that had a rose on it. Um, P- Portland is, is, you know, it's the rose city where we're often connected to that, but, um, I, I moved away from that because, roses are not native to the Northwest. Okay. Um, and there, and there's plenty of cards in the deck that are non-native species, but um, for the back of the, the deck, you know, for it, for it to feel really, it, like, that's kind of the back of the deck is really the iconic image of, of a deck right. in my mind. Right. So, um, you know, I, w- I wanted something that, that really kind of captured the the feeling of, of the Northwest mm-hmm. um, and that kind of forest or, or temp- temperate rainforest. Um so yeah the that's um kind of ha- how I got to the douglas Fir. It, it it's it's on the two of cups as well, mm-hmm. so you know kind of kind of calls back to that card that's um that's personally important to me yeah um and you know so so much of the deck is about um you know life life cycles that kind of death and rebirth cycle that that is you know so so much of nature is kind of encapsulated in that cycle and it's it's a big part of the the tarot as well right um you know i i liked the idea of having like a seed or um you know the the cones of um of this uh of this tree um and then there's there's a bit of a an abstract design behind it um which is is meant to to reference like a food web that you've got kind of all these different nodes that are connected to each other in in different ways to um you know it, it, like re- represent the um the connectedness of that of that ecosystem which i'm not sure if people would pick up on that if if it just looks like a cool abstract design no. that's cool too <laughs> but um yeah. yeah that's that's what it's meant to symbolize
1: okay cool because i it's kind of prevalent behind I think the major cards or there's some cards where this sort of design this interconnected web is sort of hinted at and it to me it looked uh-huh. kind of like a compass and the you know di- the directionality and finding your space so that's really cool that it goes even deeper than that to the interconnectedness of life in general and how we're all connected together so that's so so, so cool so um, well thank you so much for joining me on our podcast episode I really appreciate You coming here and talking about your project and your love for the Pacific Northwest, Um, it definitely was felt and just engaging with an artist one-on-one like this for me is very special when you talk about your artwork. So thank you for allowing me and our listeners to hear about your deck from you specifically. Um, Where can we find you? I know you have an Instagram and things like that, but where your pluggables, just give us your pluggables.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on Instagram, um, at bren.marn, um, B-R-E-N dot um, and the, uh, the deck is live on Kickstarter, uh, through July, oh, geez, I'm gonna get the date wrong, but That's through okay. early July, okay. you've got, you've got plenty of time to back, um, And if you just search for Pacific Northwest Tarot on Kickstarter, uh, you should be able to find it, no problem.
1: Yeah, and we'll have all the links that I can find possible for Brendan in our show notes to any sort of, you know, website, uh, Kickstarters, everything will be in our show notes. So if you can, like, swipe right, listeners, on your phone, you can probably click things from there and find him that way. Or like he said, search in search engines for websites. So thank you again, Brendan, for joining me. And um, I hope, you know, if you have any future projects that you are more than welcome to come back and talk with us about them. That would be so exciting.
2: Yeah, if if I do, it'll certainly certainly be a long time from now. But um, (laughs) (laughs) thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I, I I had a ton of fun.